Hi again, everyone. Welcome to our Holy Spirit series as we continue to look at the gifts of the Spirit. And today we're looking um, at the first individual specific gift of the Spirit after some uh, sessions of introduction. Today we're looking at the Word of Knowledge. Now, if you look at this table, you'll see that I've broken up, um, and this is not exact, but I've broken up the gifts of the Spirit, nine of them, into three sections of three. The first are the, uh, are the vocal gifts, that is tongues, um, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. The second is revelation, um, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. And the third section is that of power, faith, healing and miracles. Now these are not exact distinctions, but they just help us a little bit to understand how to categorize these gifts. But let's remind ourselves of what I shared last time of Derek Prince's statement where he said, beware of drawing hard, fast lines between these gifts. Like the colors of the rainbow, no one single point, there is no one single point where you can say, for example, violet ends and indigo begins or indigo ends and blue begins, they all blend together. So for instance, we may be wondering after these two sessions, uh, first on word of knowledge and next on a word of wisdom, and even when we look at prophecy, we might think, well, how, how do you tell the difference between these? They seem quite similar. And the answer is they're, they're often a blend of one another, and so we don't want to be too hard and fast uh, in our distinctions. But this just helps us to understand certain emphases of each of these gifts. Some are uh, more power gifts, some are more revelation gifts, some are more vocal gifts. And today we're looking at the word of knowledge. Now, when you think of God as being omniscient, all-knowing, um, the word of knowledge is just a small part of the great knowledge that God has about everything is total knowledge. And this is a small part of that knowledge that is supernaturally imparted to us by the Holy Spirit. And so this is supernatural, like all the gifts of the Spirit. This knowledge does not come through natural reasoning. It doesn't come through education, learning, or even training. This knowledge is completely under God's control, and he is supernaturally imparting something to us that we couldn't know any other way. Now, knowledge gives facts, and as we look next time at the word of wisdom, wisdom shows us what to do with those facts and again, there's a bit of a crossover in Scripture with the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. They're blended together as well. But let's look today specifically at this area of the word of knowledge. And of course, Jesus is our perfect example in all things. And it's important for us to understand when we look at the gifts of the Spirit that when Jesus was on the earth, though he was completely God, the fullness of the Godhead dwelt bodily in him he didn't operate, in a sense, as God as he walked among us. What I mean by that is he didn't throw his weight around in his divine attributes. But we know from Scripture part of his humiliation was to lay aside the free use of those divine attributes and to become completely dependent upon his Father as a perfect son. And in John 14, verse 12, we, we read these words most assuredly i say to you he who believes in me the works that i do he will do also and greater works than these he will do because i go to my father and so jesus is saying you'll be able to do to an extent what i have done and even greater works whatever that means 
And so in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 18 we read, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. And we see the word of knowledge used by Jesus in his ministry as he received knowledge from Heavenly Father. Let me give you a few examples of this. We see it in the case of Nathaniel. You remember in first chapter of John, verse 47 through 49, it says, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Now this was obviously supernatural knowledge um, that Jesus received from the Father. He says he could do nothing of himself, but was totally dependent on the Father. And of course, he saw Nathanael under the fig tree, something that could not have been known other than through a supernatural means. And of course, this brought conviction to Nathanael about who Jesus really was. And words of knowledge often bring conviction, a sense of a knowing that God sees me and God's aware of my uh, life circumstances. Another example is the woman at the well in John chapter 4. And we enter the story where the woman says to Jesus, verse 15, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus has talked about water that would cause her never to thirst again. And Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, and that you spoke truly. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. And so this again was a word of knowledge, able to tell this woman that she had five husbands when she said that she didn't have any. She had had five, though she was living with a guy at that time, wasn't married to him. Uh, And yet Jesus was able to uncover this knowledge um, through the Heavenly Father, giving a word of knowledge. And this brought again conviction to the woman that this, this man before her was indeed a prophet and we see later that she believes in him as the Messiah and the Saviour of the world. This is what this is not just something that Jesus did, of course, in his ministry, but we see Peter the Apostle doing this with Ananias and Sapphira, again when they tried to deceive the church um and and, and, and reputing to have given all the monies for a field that they had per, that they had sold um and but they actually held back some of the proceeds for themselves. And in Acts chapter five, it says, "A certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. And so God supernaturally gave Peter this this word of knowledge to know that, that Ananias and Sapphira had lied and that they had stolen effectively money that they had dedicated um, to the work of God. Another word of knowledge, not now Jesus, but Peter the Apostle. Of course, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13 tells us that there is no creature hidden from God's sight, but all things are naked and open to, to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. God sees everything. 
He knows everything. And a word of knowledge is just a, a small indication of that fact. And it's not something necessarily to be terrified of. You know, be careful little, little eyes what you see, be careful little hands what you do. That's not meant to put fear into us in an unhealthy way. But rather to know that God knows our struggles, God knows our burdens, and, and God knows our secrets. And we must be open with God. Cornelius is another example of a word of knowledge. Peter again, uh, it says in verse 19 to 21, while Peter thought about the vision, uh, the, the Spirit said to him, God give him a vision on the rooftop, you remember? Behold, the Spirit said, three men are seeking you. Arise therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? So God the Holy Spirit had primed Peter to the knowledge that there were going to be three men calling for him to go with Cornelius and he was to go. There wasn't much more information given than that at that moment, but he was just to be obedient to this word of knowledge that God was giving him at that moment. Um, Marvellous, isn't it? And there's an element of wisdom there involved in, in that word of knowledge too. But it's not just apostles that were used in this way. We've seen Jesus was given words of knowledge. Um, Peter was. Uh, other apostles were too. But, but we read of a disciple. A disciple. He's not designated as an apostle, but simply a disciple. In Acts chapter 9, his name was Ananias. And we read of him in verse 10 to 12. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias and to him the Lord said in a vision Ananias and he said here I am Lord so the Lord said to him arise and go to the street called straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus for behold he is praying and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him um, so that he might receive his sight. Now, here's a man, he's not designated as an apostle, and yet he's given a vision. People who are just disciples and who are disciples can be given visions of God. You don't have to be an apostle, and these things didn't die with the apostle. And, and the Holy Spirit actually gives Saul's exact name to Ananias and his address that he would be staying at a, a street called Straight and at one a person's house, uh, Judas's house, and this is exactly his, his name and address given through a word of knowledge to Ananias. And of course, there's a word of wisdom connected to it because he's instructed that he would lay hands on the man and, and Paul would receive his sight again. Now, there are other examples I could give you um, from the book of Acts, uh, even in the life of Paul as well, where words of knowledge were imparted. But we see from even what we've shared briefly today that the word of knowledge supernaturally brings conviction to those who, who hear it. Not just conviction of sin, but a conviction of the truth, a revelation of who Jesus Christ really is, and that he knows about us, he loves and cares about us. And it also confirms something that usually God has been showing through other means to people. And it may well prepare us uh, for something that is yet to come. But this is a means by which God makes us aware of, of matters according to his will in particular situations. But isn't it comforting to know that our good, loving, caring God knows all about our struggles and he wants to help us in the midst of them and wants to impart knowledge to others who are going through difficult times as well.
Let me say also that very often the word of knowledge works together with the gift of faith. And we look at the gift of faith later on in our sub-series. But it's a bit like tongues and interpretation of tongues. They, they both work together. And the word of knowledge and the gift of faith works together because the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom causes faith to rise up. Sometimes for people the first time ever, it arises up in them through a word of knowledge. God showing, I know about you. I know the secrets of your heart. I know the things that matter to you. I know the things that you're struggling through. But it all also can increase a measure of faith that is already there in a Christian when a word of knowledge is given and their faith is built up. And remember, these gifts of the Spirit are to edify believers. Not to promote the person giving these words. That's not the purpose of it. And we're not to be theatrical and draw attention to ourselves in this regard. But it's to increase faith within the church. And very often words of knowledge are given in respect of healing. And creating faith in, in others that they might be healed. And Randy Clark gives at least seven ways that he has recorded that words of knowledge can be discerned at times. And these might be things that are helpful to you. Sometimes a word of knowledge comes in a feeling. Uh, and I have know of, of incidents where maybe people felt a pain or a discomfort in a certain part of the body. And it led them to pray for an individual, to maybe give out that word of knowledge. And an individual with a problem in that particular area comes forward for prayer and can be healed. Because faith is created in them to believe God sees my need and my predicament. And I've seen this happen when a word of knowledge is given through a feeling. Also, some people see uh, there's a word of knowledge in seeing. And it might be an, an imagination. And I, I, I've known... Um, on occasion where this has happened where maybe someone sees um, a, a child in, in their imagination the spirit gives them a picture of a child in a certain scenario that actually helps in a healing or a, a deliverance situation and it's speaking revealing an incident that took place within um, this person their life and we have to be very sensitive um, to those type of things and be careful not to re-traumatize people but I'm talking about what appears to be inconsequential to the person seeing it, it doesn't seem to mean anything significant. But for the person being ministered to, it, it means a lot. Some people read. It's almost as if they actually see a word. Uh, and it is that word of knowledge to do with something. Um, other people have an impression. In other words, they're thinking the word. It's maybe not seeing the actual word, but they're thinking about what that uh, idea is. And it's just through an impression. Other people actually when they're speaking, maybe when they're praying or counselling a person. I've seen this happen where a, 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 maybe an example is given or shared. And actually the example is pertinent to the person's specific problem. Um, or some people have dreams and God can give a word of knowledge in a dream. Or even in an experience where actually they're living out an experience that God is showing them some knowledge through. Or it could be a complete open vision where God just opens the whole thing before the person and shows them a word of knowledge. And this can be incredible aid not only in healing ministry and freedom ministry but also in evangelism. Where God specifically leads people to individuals and imparts knowledge about them that makes them just like the woman at the well think wow. Jesus loves me. Jesus knows about me. God cares about me. Um, and, and it raises faith in Jesus as Messiah and Saviour. Now I want you to think, this has been helpful to me, 
and this illustration, think about words of knowledge and words of wisdom more like a dancing butterfly than a stationary billboard. More like a dancing butterfly than a stationary billboard. It's not an absolute concrete thing. It is rather subjective and this is why we have to be careful. It's not like the objective revelation of the word of God at all. Uh, and yet this necessitates us to step out in faith and to take risks and even to give yourself permission to fail. And that seems counterintuitive to us as Christians because many of us are perfectionists and we won't step out until we know we're on safe ground. But very often faith, as John Wimber said, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Very often we need to step out and risk believing God, but maybe not so secure in our own uh, abilities and adeptness in, in these matters. But listen to what I'm saying here today. On the authority of God's word, no spiritual gift is perfect. God is perfect. His gifts are perfect. But when they are imparted to us, their execution, they are never perfect in manifestation in the life of any Christian during any age. And here's the word of God for that. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 9 and 10. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. There's knowledge, word of knowledge, we know in part. And we prophesy in part the gift of prophecy. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part will be done away with. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. We see through a mirror or through a glass darkly. So there's not perfect knowledge of spiritual gifts or revelation. And therefore, we should not expect any gift to be used in a perfect way. And so that should free us and liberate us from perfectionism. Now, we have to be very careful I'm not saying taking risks with, all, with other people's lives or their broken hearts. or We have to be so guarded and careful that we don't use and abuse spiritual gifts in a way that hurt or traumatize people. And that has been done. And that's been a serious problem in the church where spiritual gifts are celebrated. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about ourselves. Not to be too hard on ourselves. And actually to allow ourselves permission to make mistakes and to fail... Otherwise, we will never, ever use these gifts. I mean, imagine a young man or a young woman who's embarking on a preaching ministry and they're maybe in their teenage years or early 20s and they're waiting until they have the perfect sermon and the perfect homiletics, the perfect uh, hermeneutics, the perfect delivery before they will start preaching. They're never going to begin preaching. Why are the other gifts of the Spirit any different? So, ask God, as he wills, to impart to you words of knowledge when you need it for other people's benefit and see what God does. And don't be afraid to step out in faith with what God gives you. And there will be learning, there will be honing of your gift. But isn't it wonderful to know God knows, God cares and he sees and he wants us to know his love for us. Father, we just thank you for... The words of knowledge that you gave to Jesus in his ministry, to the apostles, to ordinary disciples, and that you will give to us if we are ready to receive, if we recognize it, and there's learning in the process, and help us to be not too hard on ourselves in that 
learning, Lord. And help us to be guarded and careful that we don't hurt others or abuse or misuse these gifts. But Lord, help us to be open and ready to, to give ourselves permission to go forth and hear your voice and do what we sense that you're saying to us and knowledge that you're imparting to us. To be careful. Not all knowledge is to be passed on to other people, but it might be for us to pray for others. That might be all it is in secret to pray for others. But Lord, give us wisdom and give us guidance and give us your compassion and love for people. But we pray, give us the words of knowledge that we need to do the ministry that you want us to do through the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. See you next time as we look a little bit more at this stuff in particular, but as we look specifically at the word of wisdom. God bless you.